Hello again, wrestling fans, and welcome to another edition of This Week in Wrestling History. I, my name is Sean. I'm coming to you from London, Ontario, and it's Thursday afternoon, 12 noon, your afternoon uh, catch-up on history, and it is bloody hot today. Um, we are potentially going to set a new record that uh, is decades old here in London for heat. Uh, potentially 32 with uh, Humidex and all that. So summer is definitely hitting us right in time for uh, the uh, May 2-4 weekend. And uh, yeah, I hope everybody uh, is able to enjoy themselves and stay safe uh, at the same time. But uh, yeah, we are this week in history, 12 noon, finding us on YouTube and Facebook right now. And of course, you can always get us on uh, podcasts, whether you're listening to us on Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or anywhere you get your podcasts from. We are part of the Ontario Independent uh, Podcasting Network and part of the Johnners Podcasting Network, who are proud sponsors of the Wrestling Carnival coming soon in the UK, and you'll be able to see more of that on Fight uh, TV app. Yes, uh, just checking on that one for a second. And so you'll uh, hear more about the Johnners Podcasting Network along that way. And I want to remind everybody that we are on Pro Wrestling Tees. So ProWrestlingTees.com backslash Scumbags Wrestling. Four different designs to go for. Three of them uh, this month are uh, supporting uh, Jordito's recovery. Seven-year-old little guy recovering from cancer. Needing uh, surgery and, you know, needing help uh, getting back walking. And, of course, the Ontario uh, design. Always going to be sponsoring Steven's Wrestling Journey. Later on tonight on our podcast, you'll find out all the exciting things that are coming up with Steven's uh, Wrestling Journey and the uh, walk that he's doing and different little fundraiser uh, going on, and I'll have more details on that later on tonight. But we can't do any of this history without Jonesy in Niagara Falls. How are you, Jonesy? I am pretty damn good. Uh not as hot here in the falls uh still warm but uh humidity none well you're right by the lake so it could be a different situation in that uh, case just want to remind also everybody that we are sponsored by cool bets and uh is stay cool bet responsibly and they are the sponsor of the predictions league where you can win this championship belt all you have to do is join us each pay-per-view for WWE, NXT, Impact Wrestling, and AEW. And put in your uh, picks, sit back and enjoy the show, and earn points towards this championship belt. So, yes, thank you to CoolBets for all the help that they do for all our shows. Now, I was looking through this list as I was getting the pictures ready, and as I'm loading them all up, I'm like, wow. I know you said you'd cut out a whole lot of uh, different events, but I'm noticing, and I don't know if it was just a coincidence or not, but this is very heavily birthday-wise. And it's interesting in that regards because tomorrow is my birthday. So it's almost like a theme leading up to my 45th birthday. So uh, cool. You know, not a lot of doom and gloom in that uh, regards. And uh, people can always look back at pay-per-views later. So... Uh, we got a lot of profiles to uh, look at uh, this week with uh, birthdays. So whether you did that purposely or not, I don't know. 
Only you will know because you put the list together, Jonesy. I didn't, but I can understand because I rather cut out some of the pay-per-views that didn't really amount to a whole lot. I'd rather put in more history of the uh, performers. Excellent. Yeah, and uh, I love uh, doing uh, profiles because it's more, I think, nowadays because of how many pay-per-views there are, they become almost forgettable. You know, you might have a match or two that stick out and you go, oh, that was at that one, and be surprised, and you might want to go back and watch it, but you seem to always remember superstars because of their career that they had and then uh, be able to pick up points. So, yeah, it's uh, pretty cool that we're going to be able to do that this week. But I turn the floor over to you, and I'll uh, gear up for some pictures and memories. Great. All right. So we're going to start with May 14th and go right to the 20th. And who's this lovely fellow on the screen? Wild. That is Giant Baba. And 47 years ago, he defeated Mr. Wrestling in the finals to win the All Japan Pro Wrestling Champion uh, Carnival for the second year in a row. He would go on to win the tournament eight of the first 10 years. Giant Baba seems to be a favorite of ours on this show. Uh, almost every week we got something uh, involving Baba or Anoki. Giant Baba and Anoki, he falls right in there with Hogan as far as the amount of places and things that he did. Um, moving on, 26 years ago, WWF presented the first ever In Your House. Uh, the In Your House series would start as a two-hour pay-per-view with a lower price tag that would fill in the months that didn't already have the big four uh, plus King of the Ring. And some lucky fan who was only 11 years old actually won a house on the first show. The house uh, would be sold six months later for $170,000. As you see, uh, Todd Pettengill and Stephanie Wynan, who didn't really last too long, uh, are here doing the phone call to the kid. Uh, Todd will actually be back uh, later on uh, this next month for In Your House uh, with NXT TakeOver. Nice. Uh, on that card, we saw Brad Hart defeat Hakushi, uh, Razor Ramon defeated Jeff Jarrett and the Roadie, Owen Hart and Yokozuna defeated the Smoking Guns to retain the WWF World Tag Team Championship, uh, Jerry Lawler defeated Brad Hart, and in the main event, Diesel defeated Psycho Sid to retain the WWF Championship. And it's a happy 36th birthday for Matthew Brett Cardona, a.k.a. Brett Major, a.k.a. Zack Ryder. Moving on to May 15th, 29 years ago today, AAA Lucha Libre Worldwide had its very first show. This promotion began back in 92 with former CML booker Antonio Pina and uh, a hungry roster made up of mostly ex-CMLL talent. Triple Aid would quickly overtake CMLL as the top company in Mexico and the shutdown of the Universal Wrestling Association. Triple A translation in English is assistance, consulting, and administration. Kind of boring, but that's what it stood for. Yeah. Uh, 26 years ago, at a Monday night Raw taping, Hunter Hearst Helmsley made his Raw debut, and he defeated John Crystal with a standing cutter, which would, of course, be um, later the um, diamond cutter used by DDP, and a big story about him asking 
Triple H if he could not use it and yada, yada, yada. 21 years ago. All right, go ahead. I was going to say, uh, actually, I was a fan of Paul Levesque, uh, even though the whole heel thing, just his presentation when he was in uh, WCW, maybe not as terrorizing with the horrible bleach job that he had and the uh, out-of-date Ric Flair poof, uh, but when he uh, grew out his hair and pulled it back like he had uh, for Hunter Hearst Helmsley and was Jean-Paul Levesque, and uh, teaming with uh, William Regal very briefly because he was smart enough to only sign a one-year deal with uh, WCW. Uh, they brought him in as the uh, American uh, aristocrat, so they got rid of the uh, whole French part, which I don't think you uh, could speak a lick of French when he was trying to do the uh, Jean-Paul Levesque uh, shtick in WCW, but it was a good flow between here and you would never have guessed that this guy became the cross-chopping uh, guy that uh, he became uh, as the game and now is obviously part of the McMahon family, running uh, NXT, and just has a good legacy uh, being built in his second half of his career, I'd say, because his middle part where they... Uh, a lot of heat came to him for being who he was married to and stuff like that and not willing to put over people, uh, protecting a spot and stuff like that. That's going to be a, a touchy uh, part of his career. But when you see what he's doing with NXT and bringing in the uh, greatest uh, talent from around the indie scene, now you wouldn't have guessed it from this guy that was just – with his nose stuck in the in the air and basically mm -hmm. a big starter. And of course, the question always is uh, there: that who's better to take over WWE, Triple H, or a blood member? I think yeah. it's actually Triple H. Twenty-one years ago, Monday Nitro from Biloxi saw three championships change hands. Uh, Chronic, uh, which was Brian Adams and Brian Clark, defeated Shane Douglas and The Wall uh, to win the WCW World Tag Team Championship. And The Wall was substituting for an injured Buff Bagwell. Crowbar won the WCW Cruiserweight Championship in a mixed tag match when his partner Daphne defeated Tammy Lynn Cinch and then champion Chris Candido. Because it was WCW, their rule, their rule stipulated the male member of the winning team won the title. In the show's main event, Ric Flair defeated Jeff Jarrett to win the WCW World Heavyweight Championship. This was the sixth time this title changed hands in five weeks. You can almost see the water rising above the ring. <laughs> Fifteen years ago on Raw from Texas... Shelton Benjamin, Chris Masters, and Triple H defeated John Zena and Rob Van Dam in a handicapped Texas Tornado Rules match. The pre-match stipulations for whomever got the winning fall if the pinned wrestler who was a championship holder would win that championship. Sheldon, of course, got the winning fall on RVD, so he won the WWE IC belt. John Zena's WWE championship was also at stake in the match. And it is a happy 63rd birthday for WWE Hall of Famer Ron Simmons. Simmons was born on May 15th, 1958, 
And before wrestling, he was an All-American defensive tackle for Florida State University. In his uh, four years there, FSU went 39-8 with two Orange Bowl berths. Simmons, whose number 50 was retired by the school in 1988, was inducted into the College Football Hall of Fame in 2008. He had a brief career in the NFL, playing two seasons for the Cleveland Browns before signing with the USFL's Tampa Bay Bandits from 83 to 85. Simmons would go on to wrestle for NWA, originally as a heel, but quickly turned heel as one half of the tag team Doom. Uh, as Doom, uh, they would win the NWA World Tag Belts at Capital uh, at Capital Combat in 1990, Doom would hold onto the belts during the translation transition to WCW. On August 2nd, 92, Simmons would win the NWA World Belt from Vader, making him the first recognized African-American world title holder in professional wrestling history. Simmons would uh, wrestle briefly in ECW, then made his way to WWF in the summer of 96. He would form the Nation of Domination and go on to be tag champ with JBLs uh, three times. Simmons would be inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame in 2012. And become damn very indeed. For one word. Yep. Damn. 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 Uh, but yeah, uh, just to imagine this career that he had, and the first picture I put up was the fact that he was the first African American uh, world champion in WCW history, and well, even for that matter, he beat uh, anybody in WWE for being uh, that honor uh, too. But then, you know, to know that he was part of Doom, uh, which gets a lot of praise from people, but also didn't live that long. I think we uh, talked about it on a Fantasy Warfare tournament, how short Doom actually did uh, exist, and not long with the Hoods and with Woman and then Teddy Long and everything like that. But then to find uh, him coming into WD originally with that gladiator look and the really horrible uh, helmet and with uh, Sonny, it was a combination that did not work at all. Like maybe Sonny with him, in some capacity, but not with the gladiator look. It just didn't, I, I don't know where they were going with that whole thing. The whole nation of domination was really good. It's surprising that so many members are part of the WD Hall of Fame, but the nation has not been labeled Hall of Famers as a group like the Horsemen, uh, DX, or uh, NWO. Uh, so they haven't made it to that uh, level yet, and then I don't um, think I don't know if they ever will because that's a little bit of a political hot potato, if if you will, uh, just because of the time and the fact that all the members were you know certain this, um, and not just male originally, not originally though the original uh, nation was uh, well, crush was in there, wasn't it? Uh, Savio Crush and uh, Farouk. It only became a black militant uh, looking group after it splintered off. And then you had the Berwickers and the uh, uh, DOA. Uh, so they splintered off that way. But still, you know, a lot of people uh, wonder when that will happen. I don't think it will happen, to be honest, either. Uh, they were greater individually than the sum of their uh, uh, group in this case, as opposed to DX. 
and the uh, Horseman and NWO. So we're going to move on to May 16th. 37 years ago, actor Andy Kaufman died of lung cancer in Los Angeles, California. He was 35. Kaufman, of course, will be remembered best for his SNL appearances, being the lovable Latka uh, Graves on Taxi, and would have a long-running feud with Jerry the King Lawler that even continued long after his death. It wasn't until the release of the movie Man on the Moon that it was confirmed that it was a work all these years. Thank you very much. And, and another thing I didn't put in there is during the, the filming of the movie, uh, Jim Carrey stayed in character and annoyed the piss out of everyone, including Jerry Lawler, to keep the storyline going. So it, 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 quite, quite impressive that Jerry Lawler was, he was a huge important part of wrestling lore in history. Yeah, and then uh, you had Andy wrestling women and uh, being the uh, women's champion uh, in a way, and that's how it uh, ended up becoming him going after uh, Lawler. And then uh, as uh, the uh, picture with uh, David Letterman, uh, they planned on doing something, and then it was almost a little improv with getting uh, smacked the way he did, uh, but they... We're in on it, obviously, but Letterman was not at all. And it was really uh, he was he was half in on it because that show he some things he didn't know how real they were and how real they weren't because he it, he because there's been other things that have happened on the Dave Letterman show that people are surprised that David Letterman let happen. Well, he didn't necessarily know it was going to happen, but he was. Um, warned beforehand that certain things may take place. So, uh, 19 years ago, Shu, uh, Shu, oh man, I can't even say that one. Uh, Shushi uh, area was found dead in Mizuto Park in Tokyo, Japan. He hung himself with a necktie. Uh, Ari was just 35. Uh, Ari bought uh, FMW from founder Atoshi Onida. Uh, Ari would uh, face out what is. Oh, sorry, uh, out what is, was, oh man, that, I did some bad editing. Ari would face out um, what he was, uh, what FMW was famous for, and that was the death style match. Uh, though it led to a safer work environment, it would lead to a decline in attendance and draw. In October, the company's major star, Hayabusa, would break his neck in a match in October 2001. FMW would close in February of 2002 and have a debt of over three million and another million plus to Yakuza groups. Uh, Ari would hang himself and his ex-wife would use the insurance money to pay off the Yakuza. However, it wasn't enough and the Ari family would still be paying the debt off for years to come. I would not want to owe money to the Yakuza. No, and uh, apparently... Uh... I didn't know what uh, the story until you uh, put it there, uh, but there is a dark side of the ring uh, coming up on this season involving FMW, and then okay. it just was revealed uh, within the last two weeks, I think it was. Uh, I haven't really touched on it on our uh, podcast, but um, uh, what is it? Onida, uh, who's the original uh, 
coordinator of FMW is actually putting together a revival of FMW called FMWE, which will uh, have uh, the death matches back. And you're going to see, unfortunately, uh, Nick Cage uh, or Gage, should I say, and also uh, John Moxley making their way uh, to do death matches uh, again. I don't what know. Do you say, he... What do you say, unfortunately, for Nick? Nick Gage. I know he's not the, you know, the most stand-up person on the planet Earth. However, he does give it all in his in the ring. He does, but you know, when you see uh, the uh, crap that he did with uh, David Arquette, uh, and it was uh, touched on this past week with uh, uh, Dark Side of the Ring. They talked about uh, Nick, but also if you uh, look at the uh, "You Can't Kill" uh, David Arquette uh, documentary. And how he was not supposed to go as far as he did. Yeah, not a fan of this uh, douchebag that uh, also did a whole lot of robberies. But I don't know if in 2021, death matches are something people are clamoring for. Uh, oh, I Lord, am. I Lord am. Knows, okay. Lord knows who uh, FMWE better do it better than AEW with their uh, sparklers at the end of their. Uh, Oh, no, you, you just got to YouTube the FMW and see some of the stuff that they produced. And mind you, it should be a little, they should try to make it a little safer. Some of the things they did, one of my favorites, and I think it was them, was uh, in the middle of some waterway and there was explode. it was a floating ring, explosions around the ring. And I believe Sid Vicious was actually in one of those matches down there that you can find on YouTube. Well, something to check out, but yeah, hopefully uh, it's something that will be fruitful, I guess, uh, for them, uh, considering how much debt they had uh, and which caused the suicide. Carry on. And 10 years ago, TNA would rebrand oh. their weekly television show. Yeah, not the most smooth transition back in, but hey. Uh, TNA would rebrand their weekly television show as Impact Wrestling using the tagline, Wrestling Matters Again. Yeah, interestingly, uh, they had bought some billboards in the home of the WWE in Stanford, Connecticut. Uh, rebranding it, Wrestling Matters Again. Um, it, no. It's a happy 47th birthday for Alexander Wright, or simply Alex Wright. The goofy dancing German-born Wright would start wrestling at the age of 16 after being trained by his father in British wrestler Steve Wright. He would be picked up by WCW while on a German tour, billed as Das Wunderkind, uh, German for a prodigy, uh, Wright would spend the first year undefeated in WCW. His w WCW pay-per-view debut would be a win over Jean-Paul Lebeque, a.k.a., of course, Triple H. After WCW closed, he was not picked up following the sale of WCW to WWF and partly retired from active competition. He would wrestle occasionally for German wrestling promotions and even started one himself. New European Championship Wrestling in 2009. Wright also opened his own wrestling school, The Wright Stuff, in his hometown of Neuenberg. Yeah, a couple, of years, ago, sorry, go ahead. a couple of years ago, he actually did make his way to Florida, and there's a picture online of him uh, at, like, full sale. I did didn't get that one, uh, I guess. But, uh, yeah, he was at Full sale, 
and uh, you have the NXT uh, logo behind them. So it's part of a, I think, a where are they now uh, thing mm. on uh, WD.com or uh, the network. But yeah, right here in front of us is the uh, sort of three incarnations of uh, Das Wonderkin as the 19-year-old disco dancer. Uh, then he was Berlin, and he uh, shaved his head and grew some facial hair. Uh, that didn't unfortunately go too long, and yeah, it was kind of controversial as well. And then, of course, his current look, uh, part of the Right Stuff Wrestling School on the right-hand side. Yeah, I, I thought he was a very talented performer, but annoying as shit, uh, especially that goofy-ass dance. Yep. Uh, <laughs> and moving on, it's a happy 60th birthday for Charles uh, Wright, a.k.a. Papa Shango, a.k.a. The Godfather. And, of course, Kama as well, if you want to include that guy. Of course, he went on to become, hey, Kama, and then hit gold with Godfather gimmick. Uh, many newsletters like Wrestling Observer called Papa Shango the worst gimmick and embarrassing wrestler in 92, which I personally say is bullshit. Uh, Pop Papa Shango was ahead of his time. If you ever got to see him live, it was one of the best entrances, and he was a great villain for his time. Uh, I was lucky enough to see him take on the under Undertaker at the London Gardens in London, Ontario. Uh, well, only half the match because of the smoke with the skull, which was cool. But um, that arena, like many, had really bad uh, uh, ventilation. Wright would go on to manage uh, Cheetah's Strip Club in Las Vegas in 2016, right as the Godfather was inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame. Yeah, uh, I believe he was Soul Taker uh, down in uh, USWA or something like that. And he uh, he had actually encountered uh, Mark Calloway at that time uh, when uh, Mark was down there. They became really good friends. They were part of the Bone Street crew. Um, maybe Papa Shango was uh, not the greatest uh, compared to what everything else was going on. But it was very cartoony at the time. Uh, and as you said, he, I think he was ahead of his time as well. There was rumor that he was going to revive the uh, Papa Shango character, uh, especially around the time when we had Mankind and Kane and all the different supernatural uh, type of guys and the, eventually the Ministry and all that. I would have loved to have seen Shango, how he would fit in there. But then all of a sudden instead he was Kama uh, the Supreme Fighting Machine or was it? Uh, no, I think that one uh, was after the fact. I think it, he then became Kama Mustafa uh, and part of the nation instead of doing a revival of uh, Shango. And then, of course, we got uh, closer to the man's uh, own persona with the Godfather. And they tried with the uh, parent-teacher uh, right to censor thing that they were doing. They made him into the good father. Uh, just despite them, but uh, yeah, uh, Charles Wright definitely a really good talent, I think, and uh, he at least got yeah, the uh, title. Yeah, I much preferred the Papa Shango, comma, and the Godfather. I I hated the character, I really did. Yes, I agree, it was a good one for the time, and it definitely is great for the fans, and blah blah blah. But I that to me, it would like. They, they say Papa Shango was too cartoony. The Godfather was a ridiculous character, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, but hey, he made it work, so all for him. 
Uh, and it's a happy 82nd birthday to Johnny Rodriguez, a.k.a. Johnny Rods. Rods is a member of the WWE Hall of Fame class of 96. Uh, Rodriguez was a mainstay during the WWF early days and worked for NWA Hollywood in the 70s. He would go on to be a trainer at a wrestling school in Brooklyn. Some of his students included uh, the Dudley Boys, Matt Stryker, Tommy Dreamer, Taz, and Bill DeMont. Moving on to May 17th, 58 years ago in New York City, Bruno Sammartino defeated Buddy Rogers in just 48 seconds to win the WWF Championship. He would hold on to this belt for 2,803 days, which is still a record today in the WWE. Yeah, and it was, I think, considered one of the first screw jobs in uh, wrestling history, and uh, that's what happened with that. So, uh, yeah, part of the story is uh, there in this uh, picture and, of course, him getting his hand raised. But just to also look at the uh, championship where it's just the map of the world. Uh, yep. Or, sorry, the of U.S. instead of a, what I would consider a proper-looking championship belt with a uh, sort of a shield-ish look to it as opposed to a... Strap mm-hmm. with a map on it. You know, you look at a lot of the belts of years ago, a lot of them are uh, odd looking or very small, very tiny looking, where now they're they're made more for the camera now and all that, oh, where this was, sure. you know, mind you, that that's that's an okay belt only because he, the the map of the United States, you can pretty much pick that out from anywhere. At least I think that's what that map is. Yep. I don't want to get too close to his crotch staring at the screen. 34 years ago, Playboy Buddy Rose and Pretty Boy Doug Summers defeated Scott Hall and Kurt Henning by countout to win the AWA World Tag Team Championship. 34 years ago in Maryland, Dusty Rhodes and the Road Warriors uh, defeated Baron Von Raschke and the Koloffs, Ivan and Nikita, to win the NWA Six-Man Tag Team Championship. 29 years ago, WCW presented Wrestle War 92. Uh, the Freebirds, uh, Jimmy Garvin and Michael Hayes, defeated Terry Taylor and Greg Valentine to win the WCW United States Tag Team Championship. Scotty Flamingo defeated Marcus Bagwell. Brian Pillman defeated Tom Zink to retain the WCW light heavyweight belt. And Sting Squadron, consisting of Sting, Barry Windham, Dustin Rhodes, Ricky Steamboat, and Nikita Koloff, defeated the Dangerous Alliance, which was Steve Austin, Rick Rude, Arn Anderson, Bobby Eaton, and Larry Zabisco in a War Games match. Yeah, I actually, uh, really oh. like the. This was one of my favorite War Games. Uh, oh. Just it was hard to determine which side to cheer for because I was a fan of the Dangerous Alliance. Uh, you know, uh, stunning Steve Austin and Rick Rude were on one side. Uh, I was somewhat a fan of Arn Anderson, and of course, I remember Larry Zabisco and Larry Land from uh, the AWA days. And of course, I was a huge fan of Dustin Rhodes and Ricky Steamboat. So it was like hard to determine which side that I wanted. Uh, so I actually enjoyed uh, this event, and you know, Paul Heyman uh, doing his uh dangerously uh, thing with uh, the cell phone yeah actually i thought it was a one of their better war games 
And of course, with the WWE Network, you can experience all the history. 28 years ago on Monday Night Raw from New York City, Marty Jannetty returns and finally gets some sweet revenge against his former tag partner, Shawn Michaels, by winning the IC Championship. Uh, but what the, But was that the biggest memory from that show? Because also on that show was the kid, a young Sean Waltman, who was making a name for himself as the Lightning Kid, would embarrass the bad guy by getting the pin and earning the name the One Two Three Kid, and setting off a feud and future friendship. And then Waltman ended up in a diaper a few years later by the hands of a Razor. Yeah, uh, with that one, it was a really cool moment uh, seeing somebody small that everybody thought was pretty much a jobber. Like I think. He had shown up a couple weeks in a row on Raw uh, one night. Yeah, he was the kamikaze kid, and he was the lightning kid, and he was just the kid. And then he, I would say he got the uh, pinfall, and they started naming him the one, two, three kid. But, you know, he did that moonsault uh, and hit uh, Razor in the head with his knees, got the pin, grabbed the money, and ran type deal. And, uh, yeah, the rest is history. He uh, actually just recently tweeted uh, a picture or two from that night and uh, said about uh, I think how inspiring it was or the night that, that things changed for him and uh, I think Lance Storm was somebody who tweeted back or responded and said that that uh, match inspired a lot of people uh, his size to get into the business because you know obviously WD was known as the land of the giants and to have somebody his size be put over like he was and become mm. a huge story, a Cinderella story in a way, it was inspiring for uh, smaller talent to inspire to get to the WD, regardless of how they would eventually get placed, maybe as a mid-carder. But then, you know, eventually you saw people like Brett and Sean uh, elevate themselves to main event status. So it wasn't Land of Giants, but... You know, moments like uh, what Waltman had was inspiring for a lot of uh, new generation after that. Mm -hmm. Agreed. 26 years ago at a WWF Action Zone taping, Savio Vega makes his WWF in-ring debut with a win over Eli Blue. 23 years ago, WCW presented Slamboree 98 Fit Finley defeated Chris Benoit to retain the WCW World Television Championship. Sikote uh, defeated a whackload of cruiserweights to earn a WCW Cruiserweight Championship match that night. Match ended with Hooventud eliminating himself, giving the win to Sikote. And Sikote, that's a fun one to say, isn't it? Sikote uh, pulled off his match to reveal himself as Dean Malenko. And Dean Lingo would go on and get his revenge on Chris Jericho as Dean would win the WCW Cruiserweight Championship via submission. Red Hart defeated Macho Man Randy Savage by DQ, and Rowdy Rowdy Piper was the special referee. The main event, Sting and the Giant defeated the Outsiders to win the WCW World Tag Team Championship. 11 years ago on Raw from Toronto, in 2010, Bret Hart, with the help from the Hart Dynasty, defeated The Miz with help from Jericho and Kozlov and Regal via submission in a no-DQ match to win the WWE US Championship belt. 
It was back in 99 that Brett uh, last won his major title in WCW's World Belt. Nine years ago, NXT held its very first TV taping from Full Sail University in Winter Park, Florida. Some of those matches uh, in the dark match was Xavier Woods defeating Dean Ambrose. Seth Rollins defeated Hero or Giro. Is that Giro or Hero? Do you know? G-I-R-O? Giro. Giro, sure. The Ascension, uh, which was Connor O'Brien and Kenneth Cameron, defeated the Usos. Antonio Cesaro defeated Dante Dash. Uh, Seth Rollins defeated Camacho. And Jinder Mahal defeated Derek Bateman by submission. Seven years ago, Ring of Honor and New Japan Pro Wrestling co-presented War of the Worlds from New York City. Bullet Club, uh, Doc Gallows and Carl Anderson defeated the Briscoe Brothers to return the to retain the IWGP Tag Team Championship. Red Dragon, which was Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly, defeated the Young Bucks to win the ROH World Tag Team Championship. Adam Cole defeated Jushin Thunder Liger to retain the ROH World Championship. And AJ Styles defeated uh, Kazuzuka Okada. I'm just going to say Okada. And Michael Elgin in a three-way match to retain the IWGP Heavyweight Championship. It's amazing to see where uh, seven years later uh, where some of these uh, guys are because, you know, Bullet Club, uh, Doc Ellis and Carl Anderson are bouncing back and forth between AEW and uh, Impact. And then you got uh, Briscoes, who are still in Ring of Honor. Uh, Red Dragon, who are both in uh, NXT right now. Young Bucks uh, having high positions in AEW office and in ring as their tag team champions. Uh, then Adam Cole over in uh, NXT. Jushin Liger, a WD Hall of Famer right now. And uh, AJ uh, Styles in WWE and Okada still in... Uh, Japan. So, where they're mm-hmm. all spread out and where their careers have gone in seven years is quite amazing. Yes. Six years ago, WWE presented Payback from Baltimore. The New Day uh, defeated Cesaro and Tyson Kidd 2 1 in a best of three balls match to retain the WWE Tag Team Championship. Bray Wyatt defeated Ryback. John Cena defeated Rusev in an I Quit match to retain the WWE U.S. belt. And Seth Rollins defeated Dean Ambrose, Randy Orton, and Roman Reigns in a fatal four-way match to retain the WWE World Heavyweight Championship. And it's a happy 34th birthday to Daniel Marshall Wheeler, a.k.a. Dash Wilder. Uh, Wheeler spent uh, nearly a decade on the independent circuit, most notably for NWA, Anarchy, Resistant Pro Wrestling, Preston City Wrestling, and Pro Wrestling Zero. He would sign with the WWE and would win the NXT tag titles with partner David Harwood, a.k.a. Scott Dawson. In 2016, they would be renamed The Revival. They would win the NXT belts two times, the Raw tag belts twice, SmackDown, uh, first WWE triple crown tag champs, tag of the year in 2016, 
and they would move on to AEW and win the belts there and be ranked PWI um, number one tag team in 2020 as FTR with manager Tully Blanchard. Yeah, very talented guy. And also, if you uh, see the uh, documentary WD did with Edge uh, getting ready to make his uh, return to the ring, and yeah, Edge had a uh, ring uh, sent to him. Dash yep. uh, is actually one of the guys that uh, was helping uh, Edge get uh, the ring rust off him. Cool. Hey, it's a happy 54th birthday for Lori Fullington, a.k.a. Peaches, from ECW, where she was involved in angles with her real-life husband at the time, Jim Fullington, a.k.a. The Sandman. It's a happy 72nd birthday for twin referees Earl and Dave Hebner. The Hebners are known for some famous matches, including Dave at WrestleMania 3, refing Savage for Steamboat, and Earl for the I Quit match at the first War Games with Magnum TA and Tully Blanchard. Dave began refereeing in the Richmond area in the late 70s, while Earl got a start with Jim Crockett Promotions. After many years in the WWF, uh, they would be released for allegedly selling counterfeit uh, WWE merchandise. I have one of their shirts. Fantastic stuff. Uh, they would both land in TNA, Dave in December 2005, and Earl in February 2006. Earl's son, Brian, uh, became a referee for TNA, and his daughter, Katie, is a model actress and inspiring wrestler. Earl was inducted into the TNA Hall of Fame in 2015. Kind of a shame that they'll probably never be in the WWE Hall of Fame. Well, time heals wounds. Who knows? I don't know. When you when you're when you're selling, you know, bootleg, bootleg stuff from the company you've worked for for years, you deserve nothing from that company. No, in my opinion. In my opinion, I still hold them in high regard, mind you. <laughs> there's nothing like the Hebner count. May 18th, 24 years ago, WCW presented Slamboree 97. Steven Regal defeated Ultimo Dragon via submission to win the WCW World Television Championship. Medusa defeated Luna Vachon. Ming defeated Chris Benoit via submission and deathmatch. And Kevin Green, Ric Flair, and Rowdy Piper defeated the NWO Kevin Nash, Scott Hall, and Six. And yes, the match was terrible. 18 years ago, WWE presented Judgment Day. Uh, the event is noted for the return of the WWE Intercontinental Championship. It was unified with the World Heavyweight Championship the previous September, then deactivated. Eddie Guerrero and Tajiri defeated Team Angle, Haas, and Benjamin in a ladder match to win the WWE Tag Team Championship. Christian last eliminated Booker T in an over-the-top battle royal to win the vacated IC belt and the IC belt. Of course, so I already did that. Um, Mr. America defeated Roddy Piper. Kevin Nash defeated Triple H by DQ in a World Heavyweight Championship match. Jazz defeated Victoria, Jacqueline, and Trish Stratus in a fatal four way to retain the WWE Women's Championship. Brock Lesnar defeated the Big Show in a stretcher match to retain the WWE Championship. 17 years ago at a SmackDown taping, 
Chavo Guerrero defeated Chavo Guerrero Sr., a.k.a. Chavo Guerrero Jr.'s father, defeated his son, Chavo, in Spike Deadly in a triple threat match to win the WWE Cruiserweight Championship. Oh, the gobbledygooker. No. Oh, no, sorry, that's um, Hector. Never mind. Gobbledygooker was Hector, yep. No, whatever. 13 years ago, WWE presented Judgment Day from Omaha, Nebraska. John Cena defeated JBL. John Morrison and The Miz defeated Kane and CM Punk to retain the WWE Tag Team Championship. The Undertaker defeated Edge by countout in a match for the vacant World Heavyweight Championship. And Triple H defeated Randy Orton in a steel cage match to retain the big WWE belt. Six years ago on Raw from Richmond, Virginia, NXT champion Kevin Owens makes his WWE debut as a challenge in the John Cena United States Open Challenge. Uh, Owens would attack Cena before the match, which never took place, thus setting up a meeting at the Elimination Chamber. It's a happy 48th birthday to Brian Daniel Heifron, a.k.a. inspired by the creatures from the animated film Yellow Submarine, The Blue Meanie. It would have been a happy 71st birthday for James Harris, a.k.a. the Ugandan giant Kamala. We miss him. And today would have been the 78th birthday to James Wiley Smith, a.k.a. Jimmy Superfly Snooka. Oh. <laughs> Boy, he looks pretty damn rough there on the left, don't he? Holy yeah, Jesus. Yeah, well, that was just uh, before he passed away, and he was not uh, there uh, mentally because uh, he was, uh, I believe he was either Alzheimer's or dementia. Uh, it's that in plus. Uh, he was also, I believe, dressed up in the suit because he was uh, being uh, looked at for court charges uh, with the death of his girlfriend, which was covered in... Uh, Dark Side of the Ring last season. Yes. May 19th, 116 years ago in New York City at Madison Square Gardens, uh, Tom Jenkins defeated Frank Gotch 2-1 in a best-of-three falls match to retain the American Heavyweight Championship. The length of the match was close to two and a half hours. This is one of the reasons why professional wrestling would change in the 30s to predetermine outcomes. This would shorten matches and protect the health of the wrestlers. 40 years ago, Nick Bockwinkle is officially awarded the AWA World Heavyweight Championship nine days after losing to retiring Vern Gagne. This is not the first time Bockwinkle lost the championship match and would be later awarded the belt. Hogan and Jerry Lawler both won the AWA world title in 82, but both times the championship was held up and eventually reverted back to Buckwinkle. 31 years ago, NWA presented Capital Combat 1990, and oh yes, if you are looking at the screen, you'll see a little uh, present there. The event is remembered for the appearance of the RoboCop, who saved Sting in the main event. This crossover was to promote the soon-to-be-released RoboCop 2. The Midnight Express Bobby Eaton and Stan Lane defeated Brian Pillman and Tom Zink to win the NWA United States 
uh, Tag Team Championship. The Rock and Roll Express, Ricky Morton and Robert Gibson defeated the Freebirds, Michael Hayes and Jimmy Garvin in a, cor a corporal punishment strap match. Doom defeated the Steiner brothers, Rick and Scott, to win the NWA World Tag Team Championship. And Lex Luger defeated Ric Flair by DQ in a steel cage match for the NWA World Heavyweight Championship. I was actually ahead of myself on that. Uh, that that's okay. I had to go back to uh, Sting and RoboCop. Uh, people are seeing that up front. And Sting with the big point of the finger. But the treat that I put up is coming back for this next one. Yes, and, and uh, see that treat for those that were aren't watching the video they'll just think it was robocop there we go. but it wasn't it is oz uh this next one 30 years ago wcw presented super brawl 91 from saint petersburg florida on the card the fabulous Freebirds, jimmy garvin and michael hayes defeated the young pistols steve armstrong and tracy smothers to win the vacated wcw united states tag team championship El Gionte defeated Sid Vicious in what was supposed to be a stretcher match. The match lasted only two minutes, and the stretcher was never used. Way to go. Gionte put Sid in a claw hold, and Sid just walked away while Kevin Sullivan in one-man game attacked Gionte. This was Sid's final bout in this run with WCW. He was already WWF bound. Ron Simmons defeated Butch Reed in a steel cage match. Bobby Eaton defeated Arn Anderson to win the WCW Television Championship. And Ric Flair, Tatsumi Fujinami to unify the WCW and NWA World Heavyweight Championships. Which really didn't happen as far as if you watched it. They didn't really mention that stuff, but that's kind of what was going on. Because I believe that... Uh, was also shown in the in Japan, but it was edited different. Anyways, this event also, of course, saw the debut of OSC. This has the full version of the entrance, which uh, I'm telling you, you got to go to YouTube and watch it. It's quite entertaining. I've never seen the full entrance uh, with the cast of Oz, including a monkey. They actually had a monkey. Uh, and the finisher of Nash with the spinning drop, which is fantastic to watch. It's an awesome show that missed the mark. Uh, the production of the entrance is top-notch for its time. It's just the character, once he takes off the mask, it's like, what the... Um, yeah, but I, I, and I, as I said, said to, to you earlier, uh, it's kind of cool, because if you watch the whole thing, um, when he takes off the mask, he does a reversed Undertaker, which is his eyes, he actually can have them go under instead of over so when you took it off you see white eyes and as his eyes slowly come back up it's really cool 26 years ago in montreal razor ramon defeated jeff jarrett in a ladder match to win the wwf ic belt did you have anything to say about oz no just a really ridiculous uh character uh i'm pretty sure uh i'd have to go back and look uh but uh, the little elf uh, wizard thing that came out with him, I thought uh, was, uh, I heard was uh, Kevin Sullivan just uh, scrunched down and wearing the costume. Uh, but thankfully that didn't last long and he became Vinny Vegas. But actually, if you go back in time, you'll see a matchup with Oz and the Diamond Stud 
who eventually became the Outsiders, Hall and Nash. Yes. Yeah, it's good going back in time and seeing that stuff. 25 years ago, WCW presented Slamboree 96. This Slamboree had a tournament called Lord of the Ring Lethal Lottery, which basically had the rules of Battle Bowl 91 and 93. Wrestlers were randomly paired together to compete in a tag team match. Teams that won two matches advanced to a battle royal for the Lord of the Ring title and a ring. In the semifinals of that tournament, Dick Slater and Earl Robert Eaton defeated Jim Duggan and BK Wall Street. The Public Enemy uh, defeated Randy Savage and Ric Flair by countout. And Diamond Dennis Page and the Barbarian defeated Rick Steiner and the Booty Man. Oh, there's some great matches. Lord of the Ring final was Diamond Dallas Page defeating Dick Slater, Earl Robert Eaton, Ice Train, Johnny Grunge, Rocco Rock, Scott Norton, and the Barbarian in a battle royal to win the Lord of the Ring tournament and a title shot, so we thought. Footage, of course, would show the Barbarian eliminated Page when one of Page's feet hit the floor. In WCW, only one foot had hit the floor to be out. Page would get uh, the ring for some reason, but uh, he won the match, but he would lose the title shot, which is kind of confusing, but hey. And in the main event, the Giant defeated Sting to retain the WCW World Heavyweight Championship. 19 years ago, WWE presented Judgment Day 2002. Uh, from Nashville, Tennessee. This was the first pay-per-view following the name changes from WWF to WWE. In a Sunday Night Heat pre-show match, when Regal defeated D'Lo Brown and won the WWE European Championship, Edge defeated Kurt Angle in a hair versus hair match, Triple H defeated Chris Jericho in a Hell in a Cell match, Rikishi and Rico defeated Billy and Chuck to win the WWE Tag Team Championship, and The Undertaker defeated Hollywood Hogan to win the WWE Undisputed Championship. 18 years ago at a NWA TNA pay-per-view in Nashville, Ron Killings defeated AJ Styles, Chris Harris, and Raven in a deadly draw match to win the NWA World Heavyweight Championship. 15 years ago, WWE Films would release its third theatrical film, See No Evil. This film would be a horror thriller starring Glenn Jacobs, a.k.a. Kane. Uh, the movie uh, had bad reviews. However, with $8 million budget, it would bring in $15 million at the box office and would absolutely crush it in the DVD sales with $45 million plus. Uh, it would spawn a sequel direct to video in 2014. Uh, yeah, of course, we've seen that in theaters with, I believe, a friend of ours Ed, at the time. Uh, and uh, you know what? I liked it. I thought it was pretty good. It wasn't top. It wasn't top notch, but it kind of had a little bit of a throwback to early '90s uh, horror movies, uh, but looked a lot slicker. Yeah, um, I think it was just you and I, and we were front row. Uh, for that movie, um, and I, I'm not a huge fan of uh, horror movies to be honest, but that one I uh, actually enjoyed, and of course, uh, doing uh, watching it, I was we were cheering for uh, the 
anytime Jacob Goodnight showed up and Absolutely. wanted to kill one of these little punks because I'm just like, okay, you're annoying me. I don't like you. You need to die. And so anytime the music started up and uh, you knew that, uh, Jacob Goodnight was coming, I was just like, yeah, take out that punk. You know? So it was kind of bad that I was cheering for the heel, I guess. But, yeah. you know. And you know what? I, I gave it two and, a, two and a half horsemen out of four. I still haven't seen the uh, follow-up, but, you know, when he fell over, Neither that have I. Did tink, 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 tink. I didn't yeah. hear good things about it. Uh, mind you, Daniel Harris is in it. And if she shows her boobs uh, like she did in Halloween, then fantastic. Eight years ago, WWE presented Extreme Rules 2013. In a pre-show match, The Miz defeated Cody Rhodes. Uh, Chris Jericho defeated Fandango. Dean Ambrose defeated Kofi Kingston to win the WWE United States Championship. Even though Ambrose would have the longest WWE US title reign, he did not defend the title for a long period of time within that reign. Uh, the Shield, Seth Rollins and Roman Reigns defeated Team Hell No!, uh, in a Texas Tornado Rules match to win the WWE Tag Team Championship. John Cena and Ryback fought to a no contest in a last man standing match for the WWE Championship. And Brock Lesnar defeated Triple H in a steel cage match. That was a really bad Brock. I, 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 I'm trying to be not too loud. Brock uh, Lesnar. My, my wife is in her third... Um, uh, semester of college and studying, so you know I can't give it the old, the whole thing. Six oh, years ago, WWE announces that Matt Bloom, aka Prince Albert, and Sarah Amato, aka Sarah Del Rey, have been promoted head coach and assistant head coach, respectively, of the WWE Performance Center. And today would have another... been the. Go ahead. I was going to say, that's another guy that you wouldn't have expected after being Prince Albert and the uh, really horrible Lord Tenzai uh, shtick of Matt Bloom uh, being in that sort of uh, prominent position that he is for training. But he's done a great job, and the proof is every time you see uh, uh, NXT. Yeah, well, you, the failure of Tenzai is on the WWE completely for unmasking him in like his first TV appearance because yeah. the 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 vignettes that they had and everything he he looked pretty cool but then as soon as he took off his mask it's like oh it's Prince Albert and that yeah, was people it people don't remember him or uh, at least over here in North America are not aware of Giant Bernard and how uh, he was one of those North American guys who succeeded over in Japan and winning mm. the IWGP uh, championship. And today would have been the 75th birthday of Andre Rene Rusimov, a.k.a. the eighth wonder of the world, Andre the Giant. Uh, he was born in Gren Grenoble, France, on May 19th, 1946. Andre's uh, giantism was a... Uh, uh, was experienced at an a early age. At age 12, he was already 6'3 and 240 pounds. Andre would, of course, become famous and adored by many wrestling fans around the world, act in many movies, and he was one of a kind. 
Uh, and did you know he actually fought Adnan El Casey in Iraq in front of over 100,000 people? He, like many wrestlers who fought Saddam Hussein's number one guy, was very nervous about the fight in front of the large crowd with guns because, um, of course, Adnan would always win because if he didn't, you know, the place would go fucking nuts. Um, and once he did win, they still went nuts and would fire their guns up in the air and everyone that was performing basically hit the floor. Uh, Andre is in the Professional Wrestling Hall of Fame class of 2002 and the Stampede Wrestling Hall of Fame. He was po also post humorously uh, honored by Pro Wrestling Illustrated with the Editor's uh, Award in 93 and listed as the third greatest wrestler of the PWI years in 2003. And of course, he was the first inductee into the WWE Hall of Fame. Yeah, Moving on, May 20. Sorry, go ahead. He'll be remembered also as Fezzik from uh, Absolutely. Princess Bride. Anybody want a peanut? And, and, and they were apparently going to make a sequel, but because Andre died, they decided not to. Kind of sad. Yep. May 20th, 34 years ago, a Memphis court judge rules in favor of Jerry Lawler against the WWF. Lawler took issue with the WWF promoting Harley Race as the king of wrestling and sued the WWF. As a result, Race could no longer be the king of wrestling in all of Tennessee. 28 years ago in Japan, the holy demon army, uh, Toshiaki Kawada and Akira Tao, defeated the Miracle Violence Connection, Terry Gordy and Steve Williams, to win the All Japan Pro Wrestling World Tag Team Championship. This would end the fifth and the final reign of Gordy and Williams. 20 years ago, WWF presented Judgment Day 2001 from Sacramento, California. Kurt Angle defeated Chris Benoit to one in a three stages of hell match to keep his Olympic gold medals. Rhino defeated Test and the Big Slow to retain the Hardcore Championship. China defeated Lita to retain the Women's Championship. And this was China's actually last match in the WWE. Kane defeated Triple H in a, change mat, a chain match to win the IC belt. Chris Jericho and Chris Benoit last uh, defeated Edge and Christian to win the Tag Team Turmoil in a future WWF Tag Team Championship match. In the main event, Stone Cold Steve Austin defeated The Undertaker in a no-holds-barred match to retain the WWF Championship. 14 years ago, WWE presented Judgment Day 2007 from St. Louis, Missouri. Bobby Lashley defeated Manga, Shane McMahon, and Vince McMahon in just 74 seconds in a handicap match to win the ECW Championship. Edge defeated Batista to retain the World Heavyweight Championship. MVP defeated Chris Benoit to nothing in a best of th uh, three falls match uh, to win the WWE United States Championship. And John Zena defeated the Great Cali to win the WWE, sorry, to retain the WWE belt. Nine years ago, WWE presented Over the Limit from North Carolina. Christian uh, defeated Cody Rhodes to win the WWE IC belt. CM Punk defeated Daniel Bryan to retain the WWE Championship. Ryback defeated Camacho. 
And John Laurinaitis, uh, or Laryngitis, uh, defeated John Zena in what Wrestling Observer's readers voted worst match of the year. The big slow who was not on the active roster interfered, giving Laryngitis the win. Uh, per pre-match stipulations, any superstar on the active roster who interfered on either man's behalf would be fired. I do remember watching this match, and it was a huge disappointment because it's like the, the laryngitis wrestled that one time, and it's like it's like he didn't. He was told, "Don't go out there and look like a wrestler," and then, like I don't know. Yeah, meanwhile, people uh, who know wrestling uh, would remember him teaming with Shane Douglas and being. Uh, Mullet uh, hairstyled uh, tag team riding on skateboards to the ring. You know, he kind of reminds me of Super Dave Osborne uh, because Super Dave Osborne's brother in real life is someone that you wouldn't even think is his brother, which, of course, right now I can't think of his damn name. I always forget his name, but uh, he's famous. (laughs) Yeah, well, to know the fact that uh, John Laronitis uh, is the brother of Animal. Yes. Uh, and, then, and that's why it kind of reminds me of, of uh, the other guy there I mentioned, because he has a famous brother that they don't look anything alike. They don't sound anything alike, but they're actually brothers. I think I heard there's just actually a third brother, and I was just surprised. Hmm. Um, trying to remember who it is at the moment. But then also, um, in current day, uh, Laronitis is married to the Bella Twins' mother, yes. which makes him the father-in-law of Daniel Bryan. So quite the connection in that whole yes. family. That's a fun family Christmas. Six years ago, NXT presented TakeOver Unstoppable from Winter Park, Florida. Uh, the show was best remembered for the debut of longtime TNA performer Samoa Joe uh, and the main event was Kevin Owens fought Zami Zayn to a no contest for the NXT Championship. And that's it for this week in wrestling history, which is compiled from the vast land of Google, Wikipedia, CageSideSeats.com, and most importantly, from the fans and journalists that had front row seats to history. And it's also, of course, sponsored and brought to you by CoolBet, and uh, we encourage you to go check out their site. Well, uh, we're still working on... Uh, getting everything uh, in place with the uh, code, but CoolBet is our uh, sponsor of the shows all that we do, and also this championship belt, part of the Scumbags Prediction League. And you can always earn points just by watching pay-per-views and enjoying and making predictions. So you can win this title. Go to our website, scumbagswrestling.ca for more details and see how you can also win other prizes throughout the season. Not every uh, pay-per-view event are we giving away uh, extra prizes, but sometimes you never know what uh, will happen. But uh, you can always uh, get details uh, through that way. And you can also uh, check out our store at uh, Pro Wrestling Tees and uh, as we always say we're not uh, in it for any profit. We uh, donate it over to different charities. And right now we're uh, sponsoring Jordito's uh, Recovery. And the three t-shirts with the uh, logos are uh, going to uh, help his cause. And the Ontario Indie comic book uh, cover with 20 stars 
or 22 stars of the Ontario indie scene designed by Nigel Lewis of NCL Studios. And that is going to uh, support Stephen's wrestling journey. So you can uh, get details by going to our website, scumbagswrestling at gmail, uh, sorry, dot ca. You can email us by going to scumbagswrestling at gmail.com. Uh, that was what I was also going to mention. Uh, so, yeah, we got a lot of uh, stuff going on. Uh, Fantasy Warfare Tournament Wednesday nights at 6 p.m. And later on tonight, we will do uh, Scumbags Wrestling Podcast at 8 o'clock and catch up on whatever news says uh, happened during the week, along with the results of uh, WrestleMania Backlash uh, that happened this past Sunday and so much more. So thank you for joining us. If anything else you want to uh, plug for us before we, we get out of here? Uh, the name I was looking for was Albert Brooks. Um, uh, John Laranitis reminds me of Super Dave Osborne because um, of the voice is very similar. Their their statures are kind of similar too. And uh, Super Dave Osborne's brother, his older brother is Albert Brooks. So uh, that's why it kind of reminds me. Yeah, would that's never it. Have that. So yeah, Sorry? thank you. Every would never yeah. have guessed that. So thank you everybody oh. for joining us. We have a couple of uh, commercials to uh, give you before uh, get out of here. Uh, celebrating Johnner's uh, podcast. So we are part of that. The Ontario Indie Podcasting Network. See, uh, listen to us on Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, everywhere else you get your podcasts from, and of course, visually on Twitch, YouTube, and Facebook. So thank you everybody. And we'll see you later on for the podcast. If you want a variety of wrestling news and history, look no further than the Scumbags Wrestling family of shows. On Wednesday nights at 6 p.m., join Sean, Stephen, and Jonesy as we look for the best of the best and break it all down in a unique tournament format on Fantasy Warfare Tournament. Then, Thursdays at noon, take a look back at the rich history of our great sport with This Week in History. Relive title changes, births, deaths, and some of the best events of all time. Finally, join us for the latest in wrestling news, show results, and predictions Thursday nights at 8 p.m. for the Scumbags Wrestling Podcast. The Scumbags Wrestling can be found on Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, YouTube, and Instagram, along with our audio versions on Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or anywhere else you get your podcasts from. We're a proud part of the Ontario Indie Wrestling Podcast Network and the Johnners Podcast Network.